Hello, it is Wednesday, September 16th. Big Ten football is back. We'll talk a lot about that. We got General Bob Carpenter of the Big Ten Army joining us. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Ike Taylor will be here. I think you're going to enjoy today's show. I really do. And if you're a married man out there, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed my Kalo ring. Now, when I got married, I never wore rings before. Okay, never wore rings. So when I put the big ring on, it was very nice. My lady picked out a beautiful one. Uh, but I very quickly understood that it was way too nice for me to do my everyday today operations. It was a little bit heavy. So the original silicone ring, Kalo, became my baby. They have different colors, different designs, different thickness, and it makes your ring finger not only look great, but feel good. It moves with your hand. It doesn't attach to anything. It doesn't cause any obnoxious uh, rubbing with your pinky finger or your middle finger, which, by the way, used to be my most important finger was the middle finger. Now it's my left ring finger because the Kalo ring, is designed to be worn during all of your everyday activities. It is the perfect alternative for those who live an active lifestyle. The Kalo ring is an alternative to the traditional wedding band, which in many cases is not best to be worn during everyday activities due to safety concerns. Everybody saw Jimmy Fallon's. Everybody knows Jimmy Fallon. He got knocked down, fall down drunk. His hand got stuck in something and almost ripped off his ring finger. Yep, right on the uh, edge of his uh, kitchen counter there. And by the way, although that happened to him, it has happened to many people across the board. I think it happened to my old man way back in the day. His uh, metal band got caught in something, almost lost his finger. The silicone wedding ring is a beautiful alternative for that. And Kalo has made them look very good. People compliment my ring as if it's a nice ring. And I'm like, thank you so much. But at Kalo, it is not expensive at all. Comes with different designs, different colors. I absolutely love this thing. And since I got married last month, I've been wearing the Kalo every single where I go. It is so much more comfortable than traditional wedding ring. And now you can try it out as well with a special offer for fans of this show. You get 20% off your entire order. Wow. That's a fifth. You get a fifth off going out of business. You get 20%. They don't cost that much either. So just taking a fifth off, it's wild. You get 20% off your entire order when you go to QALO.com and use promo code Pat McAfee. The whole name. That is Kalo, QALO.com, promo code P-A-T-M-C-A-F-E-E for 20% off. Rings start as low as 19 bucks, and they look unbelievable shout out to kayla for helping me out and for giving 20 percent off something that costs little to nothing anyways and you're gonna wear it every single day and your wife is gonna absolutely appreciate it and love it qalo.com promo code pat mcfield let's get to the show big 10 football is officially back on for this After 36 days of confusion, backlash, and misinformation, the Big Ten made it official this morning that they will no longer be postponing the football season to the spring. So now, four of the five power conferences in college football are playing in that sound you hear. That smell you smell coming from the middle of America is one of absolute happiness and joy from the players, their families, their coaches, and the Big Ten cult-like fans. I could talk about how this is another example of the ruling class being completely out of touch with those who they are supposed to be serving. This is a tale as old as time. I could say that. I could say you can't learn self-awareness and feel for situations in a classroom or from a book. And there's no PhD in common sense. But 
That is not the way this situation should be talked about. This Big Ten story should be talked about in a positive fashion because for the first time in what feels like forever, a group of humans who were put into a position of power set their incredibly paramount, massive, large egos aside and adjusted their response due to the change in circumstance. For far too long, those in power have refused to do such a thing, even when it's painfully obvious painfully obvious that their decision is not necessarily the best one they will sit on it until death because conviction is one of the best traits of a leader can have the ability to make the tough decisions that might be unliked by the masses but it was a decision that had to be made to benefit the greater good is always the talking point given to those in charge when a very disliked decision is made now Kevin Warren, in his first year as the Big Ten commissioner, and the 11 other presidents that voted against the football season in the fall have listened to the masses and the world and probably the money and changed course. This should be commended and accepted and shown to the next generation as a completely great way to lead. The ability to adapt and not let your ego or pride get in the way of making something happen that everybody else seems to be able to make happen. Welcome back, Big Ten football. Welcome back, Big Ten fans, and welcome back, college football, in a much more complete fashion. All the boys are here. At Tone Diggs is here. At Boston Connor is here. Ty Schmidt is here. Jason's here. Mr. Mansuri, Evan Foxy, Nick, Gumpy, Billy, Zito's over here on the casting couch with a poll that says what? Uh, Who should get the most credit for the Big Ten returning? Is it Kevin Warren, General Bob Carpenter, Sir Yacht? And the picketing parents. That went to Chicago and picketed outside of the Big Ten offices whenever this decision was made. But one of those options on that poll is joining us right now. Ladies and gentlemen, out of Columbus, Ohio, a man who is a general for the Big Ten Army, which consisted of players, players' families, coaches, some athletic directors, three presidents, which were Iowa, Nebraska, and the Ohio State, to hopefully get this ruling overturned. General Bobby Carpenter. Uh, Bob, how's it going? It's going good, Patrick. Thanks for having me on, man. I uh, appreciate the support. I want to show you the boys who are at attention here, giving a full salute to their general, General Bob Carpenter. We've been watching you on the internet. Uh, go go very loud. Be very loud for the last 36 days. You were at one point redlining statements that were being released by the commissioner yes. of the Big Ten, pointing out hypocrisies and things that didn't make any sense. Then you were giving out emails and phone numbers to presidents at universities for people to reach out to them and tell them what's going on. You were actually teaming up with Michigan fans at one point because Michigan fans had to be heard because the Michigan president had a massive pull in this whole thing. You have been a driving force behind the Come back. I don't think you've been you've been saying that it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. But I feel like on the internet streets, General Bob Carpenter, who was obviously an All American, I believe, uh, at Ohio State, and was drafted to uh, the Dallas Cowboys, a great football player. But on the internet, you've been leading a charge of people to let their voices be heard here in the Big Ten. And here we are, Wednesday, September sixteenth, and Big Ten football is no longer postponed to the spring. This has to this has to be a victory lap morning for General Bob Carpenter. You know, I don't want to call it a victory lap morning, Pat. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm happy that it happened. It feels really good. But but it's not about me, man. Like, this was always <laughs> about the players. It was about their opportunity to get out there. 
you know, playing at West Virginia, man, you just want to play football. Big the coaches game. want to coach football. The parents want to watch their kids play football. And so all that stuff that happened, like, yeah, it's great. It feels good. But, dude, it's not for me. And I, I love that stuff, man. It, it's great. It's entertaining. But the victory wasn't for me. It was for the players. I'm, I'm just so happy for those guys to be able to finally have some clarity and have a start date to which they'll be able to start preparing and training and having a shot to go play for something this fall. I'll tell you what, humility is a great sign of leadership there, General. And mm-hmm. you saying it's not about you, it's about the players. And not only the players, by the way, the players' families, the coaches, the athletic directors, the fans. I mean, it was a big army you were leading of people that were happy. Do you, now, they came out this morning, General Bob, and said that they would not be accepting, which I find awesome, just, just the, to make this statement. We will not accept the test from the president, okay, because we don't want politics to come in, mm-hmm. but we'll get tests from somebody else. Does it matter where they get the test from just as long as they get the test and make this whole thing happen? I think that should be the entire message, but I like that they had to come out and officially say, you, you know, we ain't taking any tests from the uh-huh. president, by the way, but we're getting tests from somewhere else. Was that the big hurdle they had to get over? Was the testing efficiency? And is that ultimately what pushed us over the goal line? Oh, oh touchdown. God. I like that. Thank you. Um, and I'll say this, man. Like This wasn't meant to be political in any way, dude. The only thing that we're caring about here, right there, USA, USA. That's right. General Bob. That's yes. right. That's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Excited for the Big Ten to be back. Hell yeah. Man, like, I didn't care if these tests would come from President Obama, President Trump, FDR, Abraham Lincoln. Oh. I mean, if Joseph Stalin had tests, Pat, I would have taken them from wow. the conference wow. to be able yeah. to have those kids know. play. Yeah. without the players the entire time. And that's what I'm hoping that everybody understands. And these guys are getting back out there. They're getting a shot to do their thing. And it was about finding the test. So the fact that the presidents came out and said, we don't appreciate the criticism. It's not going to help. Pat, Everybody that played sports, everyone's in the public eye. They always say they don't read the papers. And by saying you don't read the papers, that basically means that you watch the media, you read the papers, you know all of what's going on. And you're saying that trying to brush off everything as if it doesn't matter. Okay, Bob, let's say you and your army are quiet. Let's say Sir Yacht isn't breaking news every other day about it coming back. Let's say that the parents aren't picketing and everybody just reacts how I think they thought everybody was going to act. Because remember, the president, it has come out in a Sports Illustrated article that the Big Ten presidents thought that they were going to be heralded as heroes because they're looking out for safety as opposed to money. And instead, the complete opposite happened. And I think they were expecting everybody just to hear the decision made. They were expecting the ACC the next day to make the same decision and everybody's going to be like, you know what? Hey, they, hey, they're the presidents. They know what they're talking about. Let's just go ahead and go. It, they expected that. Without the massive pushback, and if you weren't in the, like we live in Indianapolis and we have a lot of friends in the area, so I got a chance to watch the amount of pushback, the picket, everything that potentially happened. If you think None of that happened without your leadership of the army on the internet, without the picketing, without the calls, without the you think there's any chance we're in this position now, or do you think they would have kept up with the medicals to see if they could uh, no stone left unturned to get the season back in this thing, or do you think it's a large PR potential problem as well for them? Um, you know, when I look at it, I think that they may have paid attention to it, but listen, nobody likes to get criticized. Pat, you and I played in the NFL, man. You're having some bad games. People criticize you. You develop thicker skin. These presidents had largely never been criticized probably in their entire lives. They're academics. People pat them on the back. They tell them how great they're doing, how these great little papers they write, all the memorandums, all of these (laughs) wonderful things that they do. And finally, they saw a little bit of pushback. And some of it came with parents. Some of it came 
you know, with media people, some of it was players, some of it was coaches. I don't think we are where we are today without the groundswell and them misreading the situation. And the fact that your school, Pat, West Virginia, and our guy Gordon Gee, who was the former president of Ohio State, they helped keep the Big 12 alive because he was such an advocate. Notre Dame helped keep the ACC alive because they were such a big advocate to get it going. So between those two schools saving two other conferences, the SEC was always going to go. And those three schools said, we're not going, we're not folding. And now the Big Ten was left on an island with their buddies, the Pac-12, and and no one was really caring about what happened on the West Coast. (laughs) It does seem like it's been pretty quiet on the Pac-12. I have seen some players, both alumni and current, who have been tweeting like, hey, Pac-12, now everybody else is doing it. Can we get going? And there just hasn't really been that groundswell. So I would like to say that the Big Ten – pushback from whoever was the only reason this happened because the Pac-12 would have the same access to the test that the Big Ten would have. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I, California and Oregon are currently dealing with some things, but also the rules they have. I'm not sure they can have stadiums at all filled mm-hmm. or campuses open, so it might be a little bit different than the Big Ten. But, boy, that pushback was loud. And that point that you had about presidents never getting critiqued for anything is hilarious. They do a lot of critiquing themselves. You can't really learn that type of stuff in whenever you're, what, valedictorian and the smartest person ever and every answer you give everybody's like well that i'm going with what that person says i have a friend that i do that well if that person says i'm going <laughs> i can't I mean, well what? pat think about this you think those presidents have ever been in a monday morning call out meeting no. the NFL? <laughs> i mean that is arguably the most uncomfortable setting in the entire world no one wants to be in there you crawl in that thing you want to hide under your desk sometimes as the coaches sit there and you know the play is coming and you know how bad it's going to be and so you hide and you do the very best you can and you sit there and get scathed, and you walk out of it a better person. Well, and by the way, a laser pointer is circling you just so they know, like, hey, this is who we are talking about here. <laughs> this is the person we are talking about. And then they'll even turn and look. Guy, second row from the back right there is who we're talking about. Who, by the way, only watched an hour and a half of film last week. We have it all on film. This is what this person knew. There's a lot of that. And I have to, and I said this in the open, I think it's a great display of leadership to be able to adjust your answer, set your ego aside, set your pride aside, and be like, okay, we're in a new circumstance. Let's get back to it. Speaking of getting back to it, they released a date. October 24th, I believe, is whenever they're getting back into it. The Big Ten, they're going to run eight straight weeks until the Big Ten Championship. So hopefully one of their teams could get into the college football playoff or multiple teams or whatever they can compete in that why is october 24th today could they not move that up a little bit or were they always set on giving a full month in a week here to get back into it i feel like three weeks a lot of teams have been practicing they could have got back earlier why did they delay it to october 24th from what you've been hearing well the question is pat why did they delay in making the decision until now if they make the decision last week it's not near the issue And so you have the time to ramp up and be able to play on the 17th. That gives you that weak buffer. I I don't understand why they would be trying to jam all this together so quickly and not give yourself any leeway. It's almost as if they kind of don't want it to succeed, which almost wouldn't be a surprise to me as well. (laughs) Exactly. I know. I know. But, you know, they, they drug this thing out, and then this is what they're left with. You have to sprint this thing through now for the next eight weeks. We'll see see how it works. Hopefully it does. They got plenty of time to ramp up, and I hope everything goes smoothly for the players' sake. Do you guys think, um, you talked about getting new facts and then readjusting your opinion and stuff like that, that the first-round talents that already opted out way back when when the Big Ten postponed their season, Rondell Moore, Michael Parsons, Sean Wade, oh. like they'll rethink and maybe potentially come back and play this season? 
I could see that happening. Um, it just depends. Like, what are you really playing for? Like, at Purdue, I don't know if you have a chance to really play for a national championship. Now, Micah Parsons at Penn State, they're a really good team. And so I guess it comes down to the fact that the guy take any cash. You know, if they took cash <laughs> oh. from an agent, they did different things. Now they're going to be eliminated from that opportunity unless they want to pay it back, which they probably don't have the money to do it anyway. And so those guys will be out. I think the two guys, Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis from Ohio State, they could come back if they want to. That will remain to be seen if they, if they well, how they feel about it. Um, you know, Bateman up in Minnesota, should he choose to come back? Minnesota, I think, is a viable, you know, Big uh, Big Ten championship team. Can they beat Ohio State? I don't know. But that's that's an opportunity there. I see some, but I don't think all these guys are coming back. I think some have been gone for too long, and they're just probably ready to move on. You know, it's been very interesting watching that first weekend of college football because this year doesn't count. So you got, like, freshmen coming into the game and playing, and the yeah. coaches are like, well, normally you can only play them in four games so they can still redshirt, but this year – if we're up, like West Virginia had this freshman quarterback play, and they're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. He'll be able to be a freshman next year anyway. So I wonder if they're going to keep that, ma- uh, maintain that now. I mean, it's there's a lot to be figured out, and they only have eight weeks to do an eight-week schedule, which is very aggressive to think about. Uh, Connor, what do you got? General, now that you've won the war in the middle of the country, uh, will you turn your sights west and try and help the Pac-12 get back? And uh, thank you for your service. Oh, goodness. Um, I would love to help the Pac-12. My problem is – I, mean, I know a lot of coaches, I know a lot of administrators and people within the Big Ten, and I feel like that's probably where my footprint is. A lot of it's self-awareness. Know what you're good at, know yeah, what boy. you're not. That's I don't think I would be an advocate out there. If there's someone from the Pac-12 that wants me to help them, I would be all I, I would do all I could to help assist and drive the army out there. But my <laughs> army is more regionally based. And I think the secret, you know, to success, fight a one front war. Know what you're good at. Yeah. Stay there and stay within your your own guardrails. You'll do what? some consulting in the war in the war world, though, if you have to. If you need to get called in, you'll do some consulting. Captain that's, Sanchez. That's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. San- yeah. Captain Sanchez and General Bob Carpenter. Oh, oh man, fighting against a legislator over there. Why can't stop him? Oh my God! I don't know if anybody else cares though. What's going on? No, yeah, I was just curious if you, uh, General, if you had heard anything in regards to like if players had signed with agents, if they will be able to make the decision. Decision now that they can come back and play. You know, old buddy Michael Turk, the punter last year, I think he left early. I don't know if his name's Michael Turk, or he was a punter for Arizona State last year, decided to leave early to go to the draft, went to the combine and everything. He did not get drafted. They allowed him to go back to college. So I wonder if he signed with an agent or if he took any money or if he was just like, I'm going to go see this out. And he, he was like the first one that they let back. And f- basketball, you can do that all the time. Oh, I'm going. I'm leaving. I didn't get drafted. Shit, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. That happens all the time. In football, they never let that happen. I wonder if they're loosening that up now, especially for those guys that are you know premier players. I wonder if they're loosening that rule up at all. I would think they would, Pat. I mean, I as long so as you too. didn't take money. Like, that's the big thing. It's signing with an agent. What does that do? Not a whole lot. It's the fact that you sign with the agent, and then those guys usually give you some cash to help out with the draft process. Or they have training or different things like that. Those are usually the bigger issues. So as long as nobody took any impermissible benefits, I think everybody would be okay. And they, the NCAA would make an exemption based upon how poorly this was handled. You couldn't give these guys any guidance because no one knew anything. Yeah, there was a lot of miscommunication, no communication. There was a lot of confusion. I mean, but you led your army through tough, tough waters. And here we are on the other side, screaming victory as if we're, uh, what's his face? Drama from uh, Entourage. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Johnny Drama. General Bob Carpenter. Appreciate you, Bob. Thanks, Patrick, man. Anytime. You got it. Now. 
Speaking of feeling great, I would assume there's some people wearing bird dogs right now down in our next guest garage who is having workouts <laughs> during the quarantine pandemic, trying to make his community a healthier one, a more fit one. A two-time, two-time Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, the Ike Taylor. Yeah! Yeah, yeah. Woo! <laughs> What's going on, man? Hey, feedback. Going on. I need to pair them bird dogs, bro. Hey, <laughs> you do need to pair these bird dogs. They are, the bird dogs will take care of everything you got going on down there. What are you doing right now? I see you're in your car. Are you traveling? Are you about to put some people through a workout? What's going on in Ike Taylor's life? Now, you know, with the workout, we get done around 9, 30, 10 o'clock every morning. So now um, I came to the mall, went to Capitol Grill, got me some Austin Hope. That's a good red wine if you want to talk about <laughs> advertisement. So, um, yeah, man, just come on down. Whenever you back down in Orlando, I saw you was down for the wrestling, which I enjoyed. Thank you. But uh, whenever you back down, man, we'll get a we'll get a glass of these red grapes. Okay, we will come through for some red <laughs> grapes. I'm not normally a wine guy, but if you're drinking it, I'll drink it as well. I will take it down. I believe there is something you could put on the top of a bottle as well and drink that Corvid. thing as if it's a beer bong. It's called Corvin. It's, well, it's called Corvin. So for the wine, it's called Corvin. And, and what you do, you stick it at the top of the tube. You put it in the tube. And you stick it at the top of the cork in the wine, it preserves your wine. And you only do that with good wine. So it preserves your wine between 10 and 15 days. What are you, a wine? You're a wino, huh? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're Connoisseur. like a wine. I mean, it's 133 right now, and you're making trips <laughs> just for red wine. I mean, if you're, you're a wine guy. Well, you know, if, you, if you're not on the golf course where they do business deals, you got to go to like Capitol Grill, Ocean Prime, <laughs> and all these Del Frisco's, Morton's. You got to go to all these places <laughs> where you want to meet up and do business. Well, hey, business is good right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I assume you got a chance to watch that. Big Ben Roethlisberger is back. You were a teammate of his for a little bit there whenever he was younger. How do you feel about Ben getting back into the game and how the Steelers look? People are saying that defense potentially better than the defense of the past. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good, but we all know what time was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they're pretty good defense, but to be a good defense, you got to be consistent. So, they're going on their second year of trying to be consistent. Um, last year they balled out. This year it's a good start. They uh, they left off on what they did last year, and that was have, having a heck of a season, you know, on the defensive side. So they did a heck of a, a job on Monday. You know, they, they got the ball in the red zone, and it's like the old defensive coordinator, Coach the Ball, always say, defend every blade of grass. Like, we're not in control on where we're at in the field, but we can control teams not scoring. So they gave up three instead of seven when it came time uh -huh. when it came down to their red zone so the Pittsburgh defense don't forget man I think they have the most first rounders whether it's through draft or free agency they have the most most first rounders on their defense than any other team they definitely playing like first rounders uh, what do you think about Ben? What was your thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger? I think early he looked a little uh, like rusty or whatever and then they kind of opened that thing up with the two minute drill going into the second half I mean, seven said the best. Seven was like, man, I, I don't, I don't have to play football, but the young guys I got at the wide receiver position, this nice old line I have, the young guys I got in the backfield, the tight ends we picked up during for agency, man, I feel, I, I feel good about my situation. So, he's one of the elder guys of that Drew Brees, Tom, uh, Tom Brady realm that has a young core around him. So, he likes what he sees, and he had time due to the fact he was injured last year. He had time to reflect build off-season or off-the-field relationships and just kind of put paint a picture in his head how he would do things with the young guys. And you, you can kind of see it starting to take its course. You know, even with Chase Claypool, the young uh, – not rookie. Yeah, rookie. Yeah. Rookie guy from, uh, from Notre Dame. 
you know, he tiptoed on the sideline with that catch. That's that's chemistry. Juju, I think Juju is where he needs to be. Juju is in the slot. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he's very explosive. He's a he's a young mixture between Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders. So if he just gains weight, he's going to be even better. But at the same time, seven seven just had to knock off the rust. You, you saw that, P Mac. Seven. Seven, seven. I thought was nervous, and I thought that's natural to be nervous because you took a year off, and you got to get into the to the flow. But that second half, man, seven was doing seven things. I I enjoyed listening to his post game press conference because he had a lot of people to thank. First and foremost, his Lord and Savior Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Jesus yeah, Christ yeah. came down in the second quarter, into the third quarter, and the fourth quarter for his man. There. <laughs> but the, uh, he also <laughs> your face. <I> <laughs> He's laughing so hard. He then said, he then read off the the young wide receiver group that he likes. And then he said, my offensive line, they love me and I love them. It's like, that is a massive deal, though, because I would assume that sometimes Ben wasn't always the most luck. I mean, there's stories that have leaked out that Ben has gotten into it with teammates and everything like that. I think he's taking a real, like, initiative on having that team come together. And I think this could be a great swan song here for these last couple of years for Ben Roethlisberger with this group. I don't think Seven really got into it. Um, I think more of it is just a misunderstanding. Like, at one point in time, Seven, seven thought I didn't like him. And I'm, I'm I'm, like, Seven, there's no reason for me not to like you. Like, bro, you just won me a Super Bowl. So why, <laughs> why, why, why would I dislike you? So it, it's, 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 just, it's just a miscommunication, I think. Um, seven has more confidence in himself than a lot of people do. And it, it, he's not being cocky. He's not being arrogant. That's just seven. Like I said earlier before, man, if you want to play seven in ping pong, he's going to smoke you. If you want to play seven in the game of horse, he's going to smoke you. If you want to play seven in golf, he's going to smoke you. Seven and I were, you know, shuffleboard champions, uh, partners, champions in that locker room. So seven, whatever seven wants to do, he's just good at. And that's not a lot of people can't say that. Like a lot of people can't say I can smoke you in baseball and do it. Like usually quarterbacks, they're good at two things from what I see right now. They're good at golf. And they're good at playing quarterback in the NFL. Seven can pretty much do it all. You know, he was an All-American, I think, in three sports in the, in the state of Ohio. So I think it's just a mo- much more of a misunderstanding from a lot of people with seven. I didn't know that because he's big lumbering ass. I, I, I did not expect that. But what style of ping pong player is he? Do you know? Is he a power guy, defensive guy? Do you use spins? It, it's, it, it, it's whatever you want him to be. You, you, if, you want, yeah. if you want to go power, seven going power. If you want to finesse it. Seven can finesse it, so it's like, dang, you got all these tools in the toolbox, and all I got is a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Ike, obviously you guys had seven on the Super Bowl runs, but you always had uh, a running back. You always had Jerome or Willie Parker. Mendenhall was, was good back in the day. How big is it, like, when, when Connor goes out, that you have Benny Snell who comes in and then rushes for the yard, especially, like, after that 19-play drive the defense gave up? Last year, they would have been three and out, and the defense would have right, been right back on the field. But this offense took them all the way down the field, gave the D some time to rest. How big is that? So now you see why they kept five running backs. And that's mm. unusual for the Pittsburgh team, which is any team to keep five running backs. So you wind up drafting a young running back from Maryland. You wind up keeping four more other running backs, including James Conner. So they, they, they understand that backfield so far has to get in the group, and it's going to be running back by committee. Now, of course, Thomas said he is going to leave the light on for James Conner. So he, he has that green light if he wants to play, not to start. But I think for the most part, it will be running back by committee. So this is the first time I've seen Pittsburgh keep five running backs. Benny Snell runs hard. 
that, he's an angry runner, like he is. No, I seen I seen Bennett I seen Bennett at Kentucky. Uh, at Kentucky, he, that's exactly how he ran at Kentucky. Now he just have to get a little bit smart in the league because you do want to preserve yourself as a player and as a running back. All right, as a esteemed member of one of the greatest defense in the history of the NFL in the secondary, um, as a guy who. I think you're a wide receiver. I forget your entire recruiting story and your college story, but it's an electric. When you're playing, I was a running back. I was a running back. Then I was a cornerback. Yeah, and you're playing like flag football or something. That's how it all started, right? Yeah. So it, it was inter, it was intramural my first two years because I was knucklehead and I didn't have the grades. <laughs> then my junior, then my junior, I walked on as a running back, wind up balling as a running back. No big deal. But then these coaches, these coaches, like I was Chris Johnson before Chris Johnson, like I was skinny as hell like I was 175, I was 6'2", 175 feet way bigger than his legs, like I was skinny as hell P-Mac, but P-Mac I averaged like 4.5, 4.8 yards a carry, so that good? It, was always, it was always second and short when you put me in the game, like that. It's second, it's second and three, second and four when you put Ike in the game and running back, but I'm so glad somebody made some sense and knocked me into uh, the establishment like Ike you're probably going to fit well at at, at, at corner because you're very aggressive. So, and that story took on itself. But yeah. Well, and they they sometimes say that whenever you're a corner, it's because you don't have good hands. But we will not dive into that. We will mm. not dive into that with you. You do not deserve that. It's, it's 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 all good, man. It's a lot of people that can't have jobs, regular jobs for twelve years. I had a professional <laughs> job. For years, so I'm cool. Like I tell people all the time, man. I went to high school. I went, I went to education twice. I had to go kindergarten through 12th grade. That's 12. Then I had to play in the league as a rookie to, uh, for 12 years. So that's 24 years of my life, man. I've done something consistently. A lot of people can't say that. Hey, let's Hell go! Yeah. <laughs> um, but that defense you guys had was unbelievable. Secondary, notably all legendary. I mean, across the board, you, Ryan Clark, Troy Palomalu, who's obviously a massive asshole, but a really good football player, <laughs> guy that has taken a lot of people's dreams. When you look at the teams like the Chiefs, or I guess you can't really say the Buccaneers because they weren't able to figure it out, but when they got all those weapons, like the Chiefs, for instance, if you're in a secondary and you're preparing for that, what do you do? How does that team get stopped? Because it, it, listen, we are very much an overreaction show and we're a daily show, so we have to ride the wave. But I find it very difficult to stop that. The more and more you think about it, it's like, okay, you take out Travis Kelsey, okay, no big deal. Take out Travis Kelsey, okay, I got Tyreek Hill. You take out Tyreek Hill, no big deal. Now they got a running back who is an absolute superstar. Then they got Sammy. Hey, P-Mac. P-Mac, you, we, we played y'all. Y'all, y'all, had, y'all had the same thing. Y'all, y'all had Marvin Harrison, y'all had Reggie Wayne, y'all had Dallas Clark, y'all had Jeff Saturday, y'all had Edwin James, y'all had a young uh, Joseph Adai. Joseph Adai. So, man, we we seen this before. Then, then, then that was one of the roads. Then we had to take another road to Rod Smith and Jake Plummer. Then we had to go to Carson Carson Plummer when he had Ocho, R.I.P. Chris Henry, T.J. Husmajada. Rudy Johnson, Corey Dillon. Like, we, 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 we seen this before. Then we had to go with Seattle. We had to beat Seattle. And Seattle was the number one team on offense in the league. So everything you're saying, I get what you're saying. But history does repeat itself. So, yeah, KC, we didn't seen KC plenty of times. We didn't seen KC four times in one playoffs. So how do you stop so, it? You just got everybody has to do their job? Is that kind of the thing? It's like, hey, everybody is going to have to tighten up here. It's the, the rules was a little bit different, man. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it really was. 
knock the soul out of a grown man and make sure his mom and his wife, his sister, his 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 girlfriend, make sure they feel it. <laughs> that, that was a little bit different when we played. Like, when we played, we really did try to knock the soul out of you. You can't do that now. So how do the people, how are people who aren't allowed to take the soul out of humans, how are, how are you going to be able to stop that Chiefs team? In your eyes, like a schemat- is there a scheme to do it or is it all just people are going to have to just man up and make it happen? You got to keep them off the field. Don't forget, like, Deshaun Washington company was up, was it 24-0, right? Yeah. In the playoffs. It was up 24-0. They tried to get too cute. They tried to get too fancy. And what you do by keeping that kind of offense, explosive offense off the field is you run the ball and you run the clock out. Same way Cal Shanahan did when he was the OC in Atlanta and it could have beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. All you had to do was run, run the ball because they only get three timeouts. You run the ball, you get two first downs. That's damn near eight minutes off the clock in each quarter. Now they're running out of, they're running out of time and timeouts. Now you got action. But when you get too cute, it makes no sense. So I felt like Bill O'Brien and company just got too cute. You was killing the KC defense by running the ball. Then you wanted to pass, and that's how their defense is built. Their defense is built to stop the pass, and the reason why their defense is built to stop the pass because they figure on offense, they're going to always be ahead. Same thing with the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints' defense is built to stop the pass because they feel like they're going to always be ahead of games because of their offense. So that's that's how you got to look at it. But people, they just can't see it. So if you want to play, if you want to beat them, you hold the ball and you run it. Well, that was exactly like the Colts team you mentioned. Now, I, I didn't get a chance to be teammates with Marvin Harrison. I have met him on occasion, but our team was loaded. But on the defense side of the ball, it was like, okay, here's the deal. Since we're going to have to lead a lot, people are going to have to come back. We got Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis coming off the edge, and they are going right. to get rough. They are going to get right. to the quarterback, right. hopefully. And that was the entire build of the team, by the way. We're going to spend money here, and we're going to spend money on these two spots right here, and then we're just going to figure it out from there. That was the entire strategy. But the kryptonite to that strategy is – when you run up on a team that likes to run the ball, like we go through the regular season and we see what the New Orleans Saints do on offense. When they got to a, smal- a smash mouth team against the Minnesota Vikings, what happened? A push off. It was Kyle like, Rudolph. yeah, it, it was like, nah, we running the ball. Minnesota, like, we running the ball regardless. So when, when you get to a team that just want to play smash mouth football, the way your team is built, it doesn't help. So. In the playoffs, and you know this, you know this, P-Mac, in the playoffs, man, games and championships are won off of defense and running game. Period. Run the ball, stop the run. That is number one. Right. Rules one and two, and then defense has to get off the field. That is all over everything. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, two-time Super Bowl champ, one of the most entertaining talkers I've ever heard in my life, Ike Taylor. Hey, Mac, you keep taking shots at my hand. Mac, don't you know I know my hands wasn't good? <laughs> I didn't say that. No, no, I'm just saying what other people are saying. I'm reading the comments down here. It's not me. I'm just a boy. Why why do you keep repeating, though, Mac? Well, because people... I feel like you don't like me, bro. No, 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 no. It's the complete opposite. It's the complete opposite. I'm just playing, bro. I'm just playing. Hey, by the way, Ike, these hands right here, very good. Very good. But I wish I was half the athlete of you. No, I mean, I mean, Mac. He was one of the most entertaining kickers we knew. Thank you. Thank Mac, you. I felt like, Mac, I really do feel like you could have been a part of the Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How you was angry, bro. Yeah, How you was angry, bro. Like, we always say, like, P-Mac wanted us. <laughs> well, <laughs> Frank awesome. Gore. So, Frank Gore, when he came to the Colts, he told me the same thing. He was like, Mac, you would have loved the Niners, man. If You were, you would have loved 100%. the ro- locker room we had over there. You would have absolutely loved it. 100%, though. 100%. Well, instead, you know, Indianapolis Colts. Great place to be. Hey, hey great hey, place hey, to be. Hey, Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you. Thank you. Hey, 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 hey.
boy, Ike. We appreciate you, Ike. You my boy. Appreciate you, bro. On this Wednesday, September 16th, McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk has taken over Mad Dog <laughs> Joining us now is the Crimson Chin, ladies and gentlemen, Ohio State legend, Big Ten football is back. Can't wait to hear his reaction, AJ Hawk. Yeah! Boy, AJ. What's up, guys? Yeah, uh, so you had Bob, General Bob on earlier in the show. I, I caught a little bit of the interview. Pretty good victory lap Bob's taken, but you know what? I, I respect him deflecting all the praise. Mm-hmm. It's about the kids. It's about the parents, about everybody that put up the fight. Bob was just out there doing his little part, so I appreciate him and what he did. I, I knew he'd be victorious. General Bob Carpenter was very humble. This isn't about me. This has been about the players all along. Whenever I was putting out the president's emails and addresses and phone numbers, it wasn't about me or them. It was about the players all along. Whenever I gave the addresses of people to go picket in front of, that wasn't about me. That wasn't about them. That was about the players all along. And that's why that general led an army into a victorious position that it is right now. I think without all the uprise, without all the noise, this does not happen. I would assume the presidents would have wiped their hands clean of this. We have to figure out how we're going to continue to get people to pay full tuition while not taking them to class while having them lock down their dorm they wouldn't even thought about football but the noise that was brought not only in real life with the picketing but on the internet it had to be deafening at one point for those presidents and now here we are they're not taking the test from the president because they don't want to make this political uh but they will have rapid testing and testing and everything like that and big 10 football is back good news for the big 10 by the way because i thought there was a chance they might drift off into irrelevancy much like the pack 12 already has if the acc the sec the big 12 the sun belt and the american conference was it going to be able to put off a great football season which they started just last week is there any way we can pop that bob's tweet up there again yep just my favorite part at the bottom the, the president harry truman quote it's amazing what you can accomplish when you do not care who gets the credit <laughs> hell yeah well said well five-star general funny that uh general bob carpenter said that because we actually put out a poll on who deserves the credit in our poll that zito has run since this morning is currently at uh right now kevin warren three percent picketing parents 14 percent 33 percent goes to general bob and then 50 percent Sir Yacht. Sir Yacht is the one who, the poll that Zito ran this morning on who deserves the credit for who brought the Big Ten back. Sir Yacht has been saying on like six different occasions that a vote was happening (laughs) and they were being reinstated, but he was right this particular time. They are back. Shout out to Sir Yacht for keeping the optimism going and the feel on the internet that it was coming back. And shout out to General Bob Carpenter leading an army of humans into full riots almost to get football back. But once it got to the point where College Game Day was on location, and the Sun Belt was playing games, and a Austin P was able to play, and high schools all over Midwestern Big Ten states were packed out in their stadiums. It was only a matter of time, I think, until the Big Ten had to face the music and say, hey, you know what, we got to about face on this thing. And by the way, I respect it. I respect people in power who normally have large egos because if you're the person making a decision over thousands, and thousands of people and millions, of dollars lie on your desk and on your shoulder i would assume that you have to have some sort of arrogance and some sort of ego whenever you're doing that for them to swallow that look at the current circumstance see everybody else being able to successfully do it realizing like well if they can do it we could probably do it and about facing it i think that's actually a little bit commendable and shout out to the big 10 giving themselves only eight weeks to complete an eight-week season no buffer time at all they're doing it like hey we're gonna do it but we'll see if it works we're gonna give you eight weeks whatever it is Congrats to the Big Ten, I think, AJ. I agree. Congrats. And 
people they use politicians a lot of times as an example of hey you can't be a flip-flopper like oh what do you mean you voted this way and then two years later you voted this way oh, or did you support this and then all of a sudden you don't support it but i think there's nothing more powerful and nothing more sometimes like when you remove your ego completely and you say you know what i was presented with new facts i was presented with more information and the biggest thing now it sounds like is they're presented with these instant tests that can do it in 15 minutes or whatever and they can get them not from the president cool whatever keep it non-political we're, we're okay with that yeah it's but 20, i think then, everything to make political. the decision and admit hey there was a mistake earlier now i'm sure they're not saying this was a mistake they're saying now i was presented with more information we have better science now but either way they could have easily sat there and be like, well, nope, we made the decision. Decision's final. But no, I'm glad. Because of everyone pushing back, they went and they had to get together and they, they figured it out. And now we'll see if it actually works, but at least they're going to give it a shot. I agree with what you said there. I agree with what you said there. Whenever facts are allowed or situations change, you're allowed to change your thoughts and opinions on things as you learn more. I agree that is very powerful. But if I'm Iowa, Nebraska, and the Ohio State, I'm peacocking all around the Big Ten conference oh, yeah. today. I'm like, yeah, we know it. Oh, oh, hey, yep, this is what we've been – by the way – by the, you remember Kevin Warren when you wanted to be the first one out to make a decision? You're like, the ACC is going to follow us, and they didn't. We we're like, well, this is stupid. We shouldn't even be voting right now. We should just wait until we can learn more. And we've been right all along. I, it's it's hard not to peacock. I'd assume if you're at the top of that bad boy and you were the one other uh, ones that made the decision early that we're going to play football again. Yeah, most likely they should have just waited. How would it, why didn't they just wait until now to make a decision or wait yeah, until because August twenty fifth? And and yeah. I, I said this in the lead off, AJ. You can't. You can't get us common sense in a classroom. You cannot get self-awareness out of a book. A professor can't teach you feel in situations. Those are all things that you have to either have or grow and learn. So there's a lot of PhDs, I'd assume, making a lot of decisions. And I understand they're the most educated people from what the books have told them to know in the world. And I understand it. But that can't teach you like, the thought of we're going to be heroes tomorrow when we wake up after this decision. And then the next day, actually, the entire world is burning around you telling you you're the dumbest human on earth. Like that is that is something you just can't get in a classroom that a lot of people have. And I've always said this. Whenever you're making a decision, you have to have Jeopardy smart people around you and you have to have Wheel of Fortune people smart around you. OK, tell me what a book told you that told everybody else. OK, what do you think is potentially going to happen? Well, I think everybody's going to be very pissed off. Like, yeah. I, I think there's going to be a very loud code at you. Really? Because. The Jeopardy person up here that has a PhD said, we're going to be heroes because this because we're thinking about blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, that's very nice of you to think like that. But I'm just telling you what the real world's going to do. Yeah. People are going to be pissed. There wasn't one of those people in that meeting. They all thought, oh, we're going to be heroic in this thing. It completely backfired. There was no reason to go out and make that decision earlier than everybody else. I think that is the biggest mistake if they could come out and say, like, hey, our biggest mistake was getting out in front of this and being the first people to make a decision. We're going to try to be trailblazers and set the trend on what you're supposed to do. Now, granted, the Ivy League was before us but i don't mind them turning if they know that they have tests and everything like that yeah i have a question for you guys so general bob was really harping on the fact that like they did have this abbott testing or the rapid response early and there were still teams that didn't want to do it so now at this point is it like, political well and sure are they like, like was it like those like illinois I, i'm pretty sure they don't have high school football so and like maryland and Rutgers, these schools that weren't going to do it no matter what do you think the big 10 came to them and was like Hey, listen, you guys are going to be shit out of luck if you don't come with us. So, like, was there any situation where they potentially still weren't going to play this year? Are those three teams playing or not playing? 
Is everybody See, playing? I, yeah, I'm under eight, the assumption that everyone is playing. Eight games. How yeah. many games is there normally in the Big Ten Conference? Eight games? Ten, I believe. So maybe a couple teams aren't playing. Maybe, maybe there's a couple teams that are like, we can't play because of our state regulations and our guidelines. We can't in our campus. We can't play. But I don't know if that information has come out yet. I just know that the Big Ten will be honoring a Big Ten champion at the end of this. Am I right in that, AJ? Yeah, as long as there's no hiccups. I mean, like you said, they have eight weeks to play eight Stupid. games so they can make them eligible for the postseason and college football playoff because that's all that matters. Like if they, if the Big Ten plays and something happens and they miss two or three games, you're probably not going to be able to put them into the college football playoffs, are you? Are you going to be able to put a Big Ten team through? And, and by the way, I think this – we talked about this earlier. I think the Big Ten playing, even though it's a month and a half from now, which – I guess because you got to get past the initial massive spike in positive tests that's going to happen for every team that goes back. There's going to be massive tests, and I assume the media is going to be like, we have 45% of the Ohio State Buckeyes tested positive and aren't even allowed in the building and all that stuff. That's going to happen. I think that happens in a lot of places. They've been working. They haven't really stopped coming into the facility, though. Haven't most of these teams still been at least working out together? I have no idea. We've heard a couple teams. It hasn't been every team. I don't think that is well known that every team has done that. Let's just assume, though, that the reason why it's not starting until October 24th is there's a COVID positive test response reaction period, whatever that's going to be, two weeks probably. So then that takes you to a month before then. And then they want a month to ramp back up, I'd assume. And that's – you could probably cut that down to three weeks, two weeks or whatever. If you want to give yourself a bye week even or maybe a a little buffer, they decided against it. But, hey, they've changed their decisions before. And I'm not mocking them for it. I'm just saying there's a chance we maybe get it a week earlier, maybe the 17th instead of the 24th. Maybe give yourself a little bit of a – you know, wiggle room, I believe is what it's called. Just in case old COVID comes running wild on you, brother. <laughs> I believe all teams are playing. And uh, from the AD from Purdue said the schedule will come from the original nine game Big Ten schedule. They're just going to have to drop one of those games. All right. Well, if I'm uh, any other team other than Ohio State, I'm trying to drop Ohio State. <laughs> yep. And I'm trying to add Rutgers. Rutgers might have 14 games this fall. Uh-huh. Uh, let's go to Big Jake over there in Wisconsin. What's going on, Big Jake? Not too much. How you guys doing down there? Hey, not too shabby, don't you know? Hey, I had a quick question about the Colts. Um, so with Allen Robinson supposedly wanting out now and Odell being on the trading block, um, what was the strangest pregame uh, eating routine that you guys ever saw in the locker room? And did you guys do anything strange yourself? Um, Mr. Action's back. Yeah, see, that's yeah. that. Look Tuesdays. Hey, hey, look over here. Look over here. Yeah. What's your favorite meal before the game? Like, hey, Allen Robinson is reportedly asked for a trade, but he didn't report for ask for a trade. And then there was the give a Rob an extension thing yesterday. There was a lot of drama around Allen Robinson yesterday. But his agent came out and said that they did not request a trade. So who knows how that's going? And then Mike Francesa said yesterday that Odell Beckham Jr. was potentially on the trading blocks. There's a lot of smoke in there. And I thought that was going to lead to a good conversation from that guy. But instead, misdirection, classic Mad Dog Radio. Which I appreciate. Weirdest eating routine. Um, I don't even know how to answer that question. I honestly have no idea. I mean, Dwight Freeney had like a chef that made him food. He had his own thing. And Vontae Davis used to drink this water that had like a pH level of like 27. It came in a glass bottle. But aside from that, most people, the way they eat is they would put a fork into something. and Then they would take the fork to the mouth, chew it up, swallow it. And then they would repeat that until the plate that was in front of them was either close to empty or fully empty. How about you, AJ? Not a whole lot. The only thing that comes to mind, there was a kid who was having these weird issues before the game, like in the locker room pregame. Sometimes you would – I never even really knew what was happening until all of a sudden one game we were on the road and the strength coach came up to me, one of the assistants. He's like, hey, 
you'll never believe what I just had to do. I was like, what? What do you mean? And he said, well, you know this guy, he's been having these weird issues, mental issues, anxiety. I don't know what it is. He goes, he wasn't able to eat this morning. He was freaking out. He said, so I had to go find chicken tenders, put them in a blender, mix them up and make chicken tenders into some weird smoothie for him to drink because that's like the only way that he would be able to take the field. And the Commitment guy was from the Green Bay Packers what? organization. Well, Com this guy was – I don't think anything like that has ever happened before or after this game because it wasn't like this – Did he play good? A, he wasn't a 14-year-old pro by any means. He's a good guy. Uh, that game, I have no idea. What's his I, name? I, I was still. I think I was still thinking about the, how nasty that chicken tender smoothie would have been when I was playing the game. I was like, "What are you doing, man? Like your breath price smells terrible." Who's drinking chicken tender smoothies in, in a Green Bay Packers organization? Who was it? Tell us. If I even if I told you the kid's name, you wouldn't know who he is. I'm what position? Can I guess the? Can I try to guess the position? This sounds like a um, corner. This sounds like a corner. It's not, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. D line. What Come position on. was it? Come on. It, it, he was on. He played defense. That's all that matters. Like, but I'm not, not going to out the, the guy. Was it? Oh, so now you now yeah. you're worried that you're no, you won't even know him. Or you won't even late. know him. You said I'm not worried. I, Who's I drinking still, chicken finger smoothies, pal? Yeah, I still talk yeah. with this guy. That's what I'm saying. I have no like. It was just weird. Bobby very, Carpenter. Very oh, oh no, not oh, the general. He, he does eggs. No, no. no he was if a, it would have been if the dude would have played lights out, I could just my strength coach may have just resigned right there because he knew he was in for years of chicken tender smoothies. The um. We had a we had a Muslim kid on our college football team, and when they're fasting, when he was fasting, oh, oh yeah. it was very interesting watching that entire thing because he was like, I mean, he had to go through everything that we went through, and he wasn't able to eat until sun went down, uh, and as soon as the sun came up in the morning, so he was up like I think like early, early eating, eating as much as he possibly could, and then by the end of the day, when we're in meetings and everything, he was kind of like, I, I don't want to say like withering away. He Coming really was, though, at, and then yeah. as soon as the thing was, that was like the only real interesting eating situation. Any fast foods? You guys have anybody like before the game who's eating, you know, Wendy's, McDonald's, any of that? So, for us, I would assume we're at the age where everybody had a pregame meal, and you had to check into the pregame meal, and you, like, nutritionist. everything, no, not nutritionist, but still pregame meal that uh, you have in the, in the lobby, or in the one of the conference rooms of the hotel you're currently and you got to check in and everything like that. But I would assume back in the day, back whenever guys were housing cigarettes at halftime and chugging beers <laughs> in the locker room, yeah, my football. they were eating burgers and whatever whenever they could. But I, most of the time, eating is all regulated by the team because you're in the one area there. So this is what you're going to do. Unless you've got a strength coach that's going to go run and get you some spicy nugs and blend that thing up. I don't know. I don't know. That's wild. Yeah, football is a lot more strict than other sports. That's why like, baseball players or basketball, if they see – like, wait, you guys have – they come knock on your door? You have bed checked the night before a game? Like, how structured it is and how you don't really – you don't have a ton of freedom. Like, baseball is so casual and lax with so many games. Those guys can do whatever they want. They show up to the park basically when they want. Now, football, like, there's a first bus, there's a second bus, and you better be on them. Hey, which bus were you on, first bus or second bus guy? Uh, I was always second bus guy. Hmm. Uh. I don't need to get there and waste my time. I didn't go out on the field. I didn't do the pre-pre-game to try to get some FaceTime and get on the camera. Like, I warmed up when my team warmed up. Well, you, what what are FaceTime? you insinuating? Well, didn't you get your face on the camera all game, yeah. though, didn't yeah. you? Hard, so, to, hard to miss. Hmm. So, oh, Okay, well, no, I'm not insinuating anything. If I was like a quarterback. <laughs> well, sure sounds like yeah, that's exactly what you were doing. I to catch some balls or I needed to punt early to warm up. That's, those are the guys that need to go out early.
But linebacker, what am I going to go out there and start doing three cone drill to warm up? Like yeah. I got plenty of time. Ooh, right on forty. You know what I used to do? I used to take put my helmet on. I used to smash it off the upright. You know what I mean? Like in a pad and like kind of wake myself up. Here we go. Let's get going. I was always first bus guy because, and by the way, normally first person off the bus. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Specialists yeah. have to be. I think McCarthy yeah. specialists absolutely had to be first bus because they go right on the field. It's it's literally the only time I get to kick a ball on the field is the pre pre, <laughs> and then once the warm ups happen. Well, of course. Of course, the defense needs 75 yards here to jog around. And and then once kickers and punters warm up, they have to somehow remain warm while standing on the sideline for 45 minutes. It's a very interesting thing. And then at halftime, that's only – if let's say you had two punts in the first half. At halftime is your only time you can correct anything. And you know, don't you worry about it, though. The marching band from Who Gives a Fuck University is playing, and they have a 110-yard-wide uh, demonstration they want to give to you. So you have to wait until there's 27 seconds left in halftime to get out there and hit the ball. And by the way, if you interrupt it, you're ruining their once-in-a-lifetime moment for them and their family. During pregame, do, would coaches ever change anything, or is by then everything set in stone and you guys are off? Everybody off? has their own thing. Like Some coaches I see do stretch lines. I've never – I think we did that maybe one year normally it's come out individual groups and then there's like a little seven on seven and then there's a couple walkthroughs and then there's the classic call up at the end where people are giving motivational speeches and then you go in what was your guys did you guys do a stretch line i always found that weird we didn't do the stretch line no uh in that's one thing that they hated in green bay is like the old school stretch line that they, you do in practice every day you know where everyone lines up like every five yards and the coaches you know the coaches walk in and out and they just talk oh, they just yeah. talk shop and they joke around act like they're boys with every single player on the team yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's something that the strength coach in green bay and i i'm very happy for it he told him like day one meetings he's like listen coaches stay the hell out of our stretch lines where we are stretching we're warming up these guys are there to work they're not there to talk to you so stay the hell out so we would do like moving stretch lines really but they were real quick we would do it first and then you break off into your individual and then you come together as a team you get a you get some thud reps with uh with the one offense and then all of a sudden just take it in and try to get warm before kickoff if it's a cold one Sorry to interrupt, uh, but I just want to let you know that it's all about convenience in this world. Cutwater Spirits help bring real alcohol drinks with you into the real world with their award-winning canned cocktails. They have 20 different flavors. From Moscow Mule to vodka sodas, gin and tonics, Bloody Marys, Long Island iced teas, any mixed drink basically that you can think of right now can come in a can already ready for you to get after it with. Don't need to go to any mixologists. Don't need the bars to be open, whether you're in Indianapolis, which has stricter laws than I think California and New York City combined, and you can't go to the bars, or if you're stuck at home, or just want a nice laid-back night at the house with a beautiful mixed drink that tastes fantastic in a can, Cutwater Spirits is the way to go. The funny story about how they became our sponsor is actually uh, through my wedding. Connor showed up with a couple of these things. Mm-hmm. And after we made last call because of the ordinance in the place we were at, the bar had to shut down. Connor came in, felt like a hero, had some Moscow mules for my mom. I believe my mom housed a couple of those, had some gin and tonics for the boys. Yep. And I believe he was stuck drinking the Bloody Mary, which isn't great at midnight, but that next morning, the Bloody Marys hit the spot perfectly. Real alcohol, real convenience. Go grab some cut water today. It's the most clutch drink you will ever have in your entire life. And by the way, the ABV, the alcohol by volume, mm-hmm. also pretty good as oh, well. Yeah. You will enjoy cut water just like we have. The most clutch drink you will ever have, Cutwater Spirits, award-winning canned cocktails. <laughs>
AJ, how many defensive player of the weeks did you get? Not any. That's a very tough thing to get, by the way, because you have to have your media team has to write together a pitch for you to win it. Then they got to send it in. Then really? that has to really? be picked. Oh, yeah. What? It's an entire thing. Yeah, because I've had a couple of big weeks, and my name didn't get offered up because Vinatieri would break a record or whatever. And it was like, uh, I respect Vinny. I love Vinny. I mean, but. Not a lot of motherfuckers are going to do what I just did with the ball there. And they're like, well, it's uh, Vinny just broke a record, so let's go ahead and uh, he potentially get him. I'm like, there'll be another. Well, Vinatieri, by the way, didn't get it that week either. So it's like we kind of huh. wasted our uh, pitch. You know what I mean? We wasted our pitch on the whole what thing. What the hell are they doing? Yeah, but it's not easy to get. AJ, I assume you got a few in your day. No, I don't think I did. I, I think my linebacker coach was pissed one time because we played the Ravens. I don't know what year it was. I think I had three sacks, a couple pass breakups, whatever. Ooh. I don't know how many tackles. I didn't get it. I remember my coach being all mad. I was like, it'll be all right. Like, who who votes on that, coach? Like, who who makes that decision? Like, don't – you'll be okay. I do wonder who picks that because I do know that the media, individual teams, their media person, PR person, has to put together the pitch. And it's like a one-sheeter, like, did this, did this. At this point in the game, this happened, this happened. And then that gets submitted somewhere. But I've never followed up with – well, where does it get submitted? I was always just like, oh, it just gets submitted somewhere. So we should find out before next week's awards who makes the decision. By the way, Saints punter Thomas Morstead will have the same exact game next week <laughs> and the same exact game the week after that. Most consistent human potentially to ever kick. I'm very happy for him. Daniel Carlson, I think he made four extra points or four kicks or something like that. Yeah. had 10 points altogether. Mm -hmm. Congrats to him. Kickers were not great this weekend. I assume Justin Tucker's not thrilled either because he had some bombs in there. But if you make one or two kicks this year, you could probably win Special Teams Player of the Week with the way things are going right now. Let's go to Roscoe Donner in Louisville. What's going on, Roscoe? Hey, man, what's going on? Uh, hopefully I can redeem all the callers and bring the juice and not misdirect you on my question. Uh, it's nice to talk to you, and AJ, I'm glad you're here to witness this, too. So I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan, huge fan. Uh, I'm glad Rodgers is coming on the show every Tuesday. But a couple of weeks ago, he said something, or you asked him a question, Pat, and he kind of jumped over it, and it's been hurting me for you, so I wanted to call in. So you were talking about the Kentucky Derby. And I know AJ's gone with him here. I'm a local here, and Derby's huge. Now, before before I ask my question, what I want to say is this. Have AJ tell you after I hang up what the difference is in the infield and the grandstands where he stands with Rodgers. But I'll cordially invite you and the boys down here, and you could be coronated as king of the infield. I tell you, Pat, you would, you would kill him, and you can make Rodgers jealous if you came down here and paint this fucking town. Imagine because me you looking need up to come to the Derby, Roscoe. Imagine me looking up from the infield <laughs> at all the Royals I've up there. I'm looking yeah. up at Aaron. I'm looking up at AJ with their high society stupid hats up there. Your mint juleps, <laughs> and I'm down there in the infield with my throne, shotgunning beers <laughs> with the white trash folks in the infield. Yeah. I've been there before. I'll go back again, but it'd be very cool to be up there where they're at because boy, it looked a lot nicer and a lot more comfortable. <laughs> Air conditioning, uh, I think, up there. Uh, the whole thing. AJ has lived like a king in Louisville these past couple of years. It just depends what you want, man. Like some people only want that infield experience. Right. I may have years ago, I think I would have thrived in that infield experience. Now at 36 years old, I think it's passed me by. You got to know, you got to stay in your lane. Didn't General mm -hmm. Bob tell you that earlier? Like stay in your lane. You got to know <laughs> what your strengths and weaknesses are. And right now my strength would not be in the infield. General Bob said he only wants to fight a one front war. Mm -hmm. okay? Smart, said, smart. That's why he did Big Ten. That's why he hasn't taken his army over to the Pac-12. He will be open for some consulting though if the general of the Mark Sanchez-led <laughs> army in Pac-12 want to get after it. But General Bob said that. I was built for that infield years ago. I was. I, I tell you, I, I thrived in there. 
I've been there a couple different times now. I had a very good time. At this point in my life, I don't think I can handle it. Now, that is not to be said, though, that if I was potentially invited or got my own suite where the rich guys are at. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the boys came with. Yeah. I would assume there's a chance at some point during that weekend where I'd look around and I'd look down the infield and go, I think we should go down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would assume if I know me like I think I know me, at some point I'd look down there and I'd go, we got to go down there. And we would go down, we'd get down there. And it's there's a lot of chaos, by the way. You don't know who has beer. There's like different situations going on. We wouldn't be able to find something as quick. And at that point I go, I've made a large mistake. <laughs> you get mobbed. We should go. I would at this point in my life, I would probably get mobbed down there because those are our people down there mm-hmm. but boy the air conditioning that i see aj living and Aaron up there it is righteous on that may 2nd <laughs> humid weekend in louisville and that's that's where i'm at now though i'm an old man plus old... you run the risk of running into guy fieri and having him spit in your face again oh, oh come on well, i mean that just didn't happen it's fieri 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 guys up top guys up top where Aaron is so you can you can run into him up there maybe your table will be right next to him hey guy fieri told me he would make me famous <laughs> He put his phone on me, and he had his light on. He was videoing me, and uh, he told me he'd make me famous. and told me like to dance, basically. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> yeah, I, pre- so, I dude, appreciate like, you. Handle you handle donkey sauce? What's that? What do you, how do you handle that? What do you do if he's filming you and saying, I'm going to make you famous? <laughs> I said, I forget how I handled it. I mean, that was one of the most interesting situations I've ever been in in my entire life. If so, you punch him in the face, you probably would have been pretty <laughs> No, no, no. He was very point. nice. He was very, very nice to me. Aside from that one very awkward situation. We were at the same party. It was his party. We were invited to go to a party that he was hosting by the people that were paying for him to host the party. So we stopped down there. We go to the party. The party was not great, but we had no. a good time. We had a good time. And he was in the back, like in a back corner section. And I was asked, like, do you want to go meet Guy Fieri? And I was like, yeah, of course I'd like to meet Guy Fieri. So I have to get by. He's one bouncer, good guy, very nice guy. Then there's another security guy in his back corner. He's back there. And we're all having a good time at this point, right? We're all having a good time. And I go, Guy, what's going on, man? Nice to meet you. Shake his hand pre-COVID, you know, do the whole thing. I'm like, diners, drive-ins, and I do the whole, you know, whatever you would do. Anything that I know that this person does, I just spit it out there and say I love it with a fist bump. And I was going to walk out. And he goes, I like your style or something i'm like oh thanks man i like your style too you know and then he pulls out his phone <laughs> pulls out his phone and he goes i'll make you famous or whatever and i'm like well i don't need that okay i appreciate it i like did like a i did i think i did like a swim move potentially <laughs> Ooh, on it and then i gave him a fist bump and then i walked right back out of there right back to the main area where all the boys were and i'm like can't wait to tell you what the fuck just happened <laughs> back there let's get out of here but he was very nice to us and that party would have been good i think that party would have been very very good where was that party it was at a bar down there on fourth street live there's just nobody there it's very interesting. Nobody there. Really? Yeah. Guy Fieri hosting a party. No one. Yeah, but oh. Guy Fieri has like three restaurants down there. Yeah. He he does well down there. Yeah. That particular party, though, had nobody at it. No. And I don't think it was Guy's fault, by the way. I, I, do I not doubt believe, it. I do not believe it was Guy's fault. I Never. think it was, there was other places that were popping off that I assume AJ Hawk was at. But I would have been famous then. Were there at least some gangster finger foods for you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> enjoy? Donkey sauce, like bad. No, he definitely, you? I don't even think there was food at all. I don't to be think honest. there was food there. Oh, Guy. That's yeah, why I, I think he just showed up to, to get his money and he wasn't didn't really have his hands in the the planning and the coordinating of the mm-hmm. event yeah he was very nice to me though and he was gonna make me famous which i appreciate very nice let's go to luke over here in new jersey aj what a situation what do you do when somebody pulls out the phone? i would i do not do well in those situations <laughs> if somebody held it i would 
Yeah, I just walked away and be like, well, can't talk to him again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is kind of what happened. And then, but I just hit him with like, okay, I forget how I exactly handled it. I think I hit him with like, okay, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here for both of us. <laughs> uh, Luke in New Jersey, what's up, bub? Pat, I am here to redeem myself from my earlier mistake oh, on the show. How do you get through again? Mitt. Luke, let's get it's to it. Luke, Mitt. what are we oh, Now he's blaming Mitt. I, geez, like yes. I like it. I like it. We're talking about pandemic P and how horrible he is. Didn't make a shot in the fourth quarter. If that was LeBron, he'd be crucified. He'd be done. Agreed. Well, Did you yeah. watch the basketball game last night? The Los Angeles Clippers lost to the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets, a lot of fun to watch, by the way. Very fun team to watch. It seems like they got it going on. Jamal Murray is an electric shooter out there. And this dude, Joker, Djokovic, whatever his name is, people are saying he's going to be an MVP within like three years oh, whenever yeah. people get used to the big man with handles, vision, and an ability to shoot. But uh, Paul George last night had a rough one. Fourth quarter with four minutes left whenever <laughs> they were losing. I took that picture last night and said, oh, he's in a bad spot right now on twitter he shot uh a a three in the fourth quarter of game seven while losing on a a game you weren't supposed to lose he shot a three from the side and it hit the backboard and then bounced out uh uh, like very very bad and then obviously the portland trailblazers cj mccullen and damian lillard who got into it with playoff p and with patrick beverly just earlier a couple weeks ago in the bubble they kept receipts they buried them (laughs) promptly upon them being down 20 in the fourth quarter of a game seven i mean basketball drama is a lot more interesting right now than basketball on the court but that denver nuggets team is awesome and that Clippers team is going to implode and I don't know when it's going to happen but everybody's waiting on it and Kawhi Leonard will probably end up somewhere else or Paul George will end up somewhere else but thus far said experiment of the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard has been a failure Mm -hmm. and whenever you list off everything they had to give up to get Paul a 2021 first round pick a 2022 first round pick a 2023 first round pick a 2024 first round pick keep the 2025 one we'll take the 2026 first round pick that is very very tough and the stat that Joe Pompliano said here is last night Paul George made less field goals for than first round picks that the Clippers had to give up to get him and that is a tough stat for a game Yikes. seven I mean I, I'm I'm sure I'm very ignorant on this and basketball fans I'm sure would be upset but I had no idea they gave up five first round picks for Paul George me neither mm-hmm. by the way I thought they just signed him as a free agent I had no idea that that well, happened both those players too Gallinari and both Alexander good. both very good at basketball that's tough Paul George used to be an Indiana Pacer whenever the Pacers were very very good it was a lot of fun to watch those teams I guess since leaving here somehow something has happened the internet has turned on him I did not know that I always got along with Paul I liked Paul got a chance to do some celebrity stuff with him and when he was on this team they were very good then something happened at the all-star game nobody knows I it potentially involved Paul. And immediately after that All-Star game, the team's dynamic completely changed. They all hated each other. They lost. Everybody gets sent out of town. George Hill, gone. See you later. Paul George, gone. See you later. Roy Hibbert, gone. See you later. Coach, gone. See you later. Larry Bird, retire. I mean, <laughs> something happened at that All-Star game that I don't know. Lance Stevenson, gone. See you later. I mean, that whole team basically mm-hmm. got imploded. And I was like one of their biggest fans. Bought 5,000 tickets to go so they could have a sellout for a playoff game there. And ever since then, everything has changed for both the Pacers and for Paul George, it feels, because the internet were savages on that dude last night. It was tough. Mm-hmm. Tough night. Be- hard on Kawhi now, too, aren't they, after this, this one game? Yeah, he, I mean, he didn't play great, but uh, it's still Kawhi. They love him. So Kawhi and Paul George scored zero points in the fourth quarter. That is tough. The team. The team didn't hit a field goal until there was four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they were – 
And the other Denver Nuggets in the fourth quarter last night were knocking out. Jamal Murray hit a fadeaway Five. three from like the four point shot in the big three. Yeah, I mean it was it was awesome to watch by the way because Game Seven, those are the shots that you remember. Yep. And I would assume Jamal Murray, like those are shots he's going to talk about for a long time. But what? That's an inch and a half away from being a brick. Oh, yeah. Those things falling for him last night. It was very obvious early in that fourth quarter. Like, oh, this is over. If that's going in, mm-hmm. and that's not on the other side, this is over. In- and I hammered. The Denver Nuggets oh, plus yeah. seven and a half, by the way. Hammered it. Just strictly hey, because I don't know a lot about basketball, but seven and a half points is a lot of fucking points Which, in a game seven. Turns out Clippers need a lot more than that if they yeah. want to keep it in. What's that, AJ? No, you showed that Magic Johnson tweet. So he said in 2015 the Clippers choked, and then they choked again last night in the year 2020. Is there Are there any players on the Clippers now that were on the team in 2015? No, no. I doubt it. Doc Oh, Doc Rivers. He's gone. People are saying they're running him out of town. He'll be a hot commodity, though, on the streets. He's like 14 and 27 in in those type of, what is it, game or series-ending games. Elimination, yeah. You know, our numbers on YouTube, I don't know about on Sirius, but on YouTube, when we start talking NBA, just... (laughs) (laughs) See you later. They no talk. Juice. They say no juice. Chris no Mad juice. Dog Russo, legend in sports talk world. Whenever he said "Welcome to Mad Dog Sports Radio," he gave me an entire uh, like twelve minute rundown of everything. He said NBA is not going to give you any juice. Not going to give you any juice. Maybe <laughs> LeBron's in the finals to get some juice, but aside from that, you're not getting any juice. Turns out Clippers losing to the Nuggets in an upset. No juice. People are bailing the fuck out. <laughs> Let's go to Clayton over there in Pennsylvania. What's going on, Clayton? What's going on? I'm hearing some music right now. Should I be talking? Can you hear me? Oh, this guy stinks. Oh, All right, Clayton. Thanks, bud. Let's go to Zach in Minnesota. Hey, how we doing, boys? Hey, not too shabby. A lot better than Clayton in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think the guy is delusional right now. Might yeah. blow mushrooms. Don't know what he's hearing. <laughs> Somebody needs to check on him in Pennsylvania, please. Excited to chat with you in Minnesota, pal. Yeah, roll the boat, ski you, ma, go golfers. Hey, hey, don't you know there? Hey, we're all in that boat there. We're paddling, you see, and we're all going the same direction there, don't you know? We we went down there to Minnesota, and it's very cold down there in Minneapolis. That's why they have the entire city connected, so you don't have to go outside when it's negative 28. Yeah, and then you can catch swordfish out of Lake Minnetonka. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to Lake Minnetonka with the Arctic wolves out there. You stick your arm down in the hole, and don't you know there, a swordfish comes out. We're big Minneapolis, Minnesota fans there. Oh, yeah. Well, I was calling in today to uh, talk about that other bubble. Let's see if we can get more juice rolling into the show here. Oh, let's talk uh, about the MLS. Yeah, this would be great. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. NHL, baby. Oh, the oh, NHL bubble. Yeah, oh, that'll okay. bury our ratings for sure there. <laughs> see you later. Let's talk about it. Uh, I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on the uh, Game 5 in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, uh, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, let's who go cares. to Logan Higgins. Oh, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> who is playing? Who's left? So the stars, Gumpy's Dallas Stars, are in mm-hmm. the finals. Gumpy has a fake team every single day. <laughs> it's Gumpy wild. Has a new fake team every single day. Guys from Western Canada loves Dallas Stars, uh-huh. and then Tampa Bay and Dolphins and, and the Red Sox. The New York Islanders are finishing up stars in the East. Up, the Islanders are winning. No, no they Tampa are down three two currently. To oh Tampa. no! Everyone's just waiting for Tampa to finish them off. Let's go to Logan Higgins in Green Bay. Don't you know? How you doing, guys? Not too shabby. How are you over there in Green Bay? I assume AJ knows you pretty well. Small town over there. Everybody knows everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, AJ, you probably do know Chives. You know Chives? Of course. Yeah, I know Chives. Oh, us too. Yeah, this is Logan from Chives. 
Logan's Logan. Logan. I actually do know Logan. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I saw you. Uh, <laughs> I was there last, Logan. Yes. What's up, man? Yeah, dude. For Aaron's birthday. How you doing? For Aaron's yeah, birthday. I'm doing well, man. Yeah, <laughs> Pat says there's a joker. It's actually you. So, yeah, Pat, I really do know Logan. Yeah, I know, right? Green Bay I is the smallest go. village of all time. I'm telling you, it is, <laughs> it is a tiny little town. I like this. Logan from Chives. What do you want to talk about, brother? Nothing, man. I just want to talk about... Uh, well, first, I'm glad I am that you got a you got a show back that you got AJ out of the offense, you got Aaron out of the week. I mean, it's my kind of show. I'll be listening yeah. every day. Uh, we appreciate that. Lucky to be here. Thankful for AJ. Thankful for Aaron and the boys here. And have I ever been to Chives? Is that that bar and restaurant in Green yeah. Bay? Yeah, you. Yeah, you did come when you when you called that game. Uh, I think it was last season. You came uh, with the Fox crew. You know too. Yeah, you were behind the bar, right? You were the guy that was behind the bar. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I know yeah, Logan yeah. too. Logan. Logan, you're kind of hipster looking, right? Like kind of a hipster looking guy. I don't know about it. I don't. I don't He's dress hipster. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I would say not hipster. Uh, you can say hipster-ish. Normally, I have a pretty good memory. That's on me, Logan. Can't wait to get back to Chives over there. For good for you. Does he own the place? Yeah, I think I met that guy. I think I met Logan from Chives. Logan is—he's taking it over. Yeah, he worked there. I think he owns it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do know. Small world. Yeah, meet Logan. Good for <laughs> Logan. Logan, AJ, and Aaron. You know, we know each other. <laughs> the uh, whenever I called the game out there, the Fox team was like, "We're going to go have a, produ- a production dinner or whatever." And I asked where, and they said, well, you only do it at one place, and it's Chives. Very nice restaurant. Cold as balls outside. Very, very nice uh, restaurant, though. Very nice. Yeah. I, I know the crews go there because we would eat there a lot on Friday nights. And we'd see, we had Troy Aikman, Joe Buck on a lot of our games, a lot of Fox games. So we, I would see them strolling there a lot. <laughs> Where's the after parties over there? Is that at Chives, like after games? You guys all head over to Chives? No. Not, there's not a whole lot of after parties. I mean, you guys go to each other's houses. I think that there's other spots. There was a real good bar called Sports Corner our Super Bowl year that we would go to a lot and all your families would come and there's pool tables, like like a legit bar, not a club. It was awesome. And then it eventually shut down, but that was our spot on, for our Super oh, Bowl year. You know, I was a club guy for a while, then I became a bar guy. I, I love the bar era. Oh, yeah. The bar era is a good time. Way better. You know, when you can hear people and have conversation and see stuff and do stuff. That's really good. And then, obviously, I got arrested or whatever. That kind of changes. Uh, let's go to John in Kansas. Last call. You can, you can hear each other in a bar. That's the best part. Yeah. club, you can't hear. Yeah, I agree. In the club, you're only on one mission here. I'm, I'm here to get as ripped as possible in here how can i get as obliterated as possible in here let's go ahead and do it and by the way my dance moves are good so get ready for those you and gotta then bring you, skis to the club too it, that's the problem once you hit what's that what oh you're talking about all the cocaine yeah ah uh, see i no, that wasn't my on, thing that was in right. most clubs i'm just saying that it flies around Watch a lot of people by the way new people that hear me or see me they're like uh lay off the cocaine or whatever because i have high energy or whatever I'm complete opposite human, actually. I need less energy. I don't need something to yeah. go into my brain and fucking wake it up anymore. Green no. tea from Starbucks, Let's baby. go to John in Kansas, exactly. That's right. <laughs> John's dead. All right. <laughs> John, John, John! AJ, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman uh, went on IR today. For three weeks, you have to be on IR before you can come back. So, obviously, T's and P's of Richard Sherman. Hope it's not serious. I like this three-week-you-can-return thing for teams and for rosters and for everybody, even players included in that. I hope they keep this post-COVID world. I hope this becomes a new norm where guys can go on IR, we can open up a roster spot while keeping this person around, rehab them, get them back whenever they're healthy, go back to the, the roster, the active roster. Do you agree with that? I hope, I hope this continues after COVID season. I absolutely agree with this because let's say Richard Sherman, let's say it's not a three-week injury, say it's a six-week thing. He's dealing with a calf, I know. 
you can bring them back. Like instead, back in the day, they'd have to make the decision, hey, six weeks, ah, we need to open up that roster spot. We might have to put them down for the year. So I think these new, the rules they're doing right now, they should carry over into the post-COVID years. Rather massive news coming out of the Denver Broncos. Vic Fangio, the head coach, has backpedaled a little bit on his post-game press conference where he said, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't care what you say. The whole world thinks I mismanaged my timeouts in the clock. I went to sleep tonight after losing the game with two timeouts when I could have used them earlier and maybe got the ball back. He came out and said this yesterday. I did miss calling a timeout after the uh, second down play from the 29-yard line. When Henry got uh, 13 yards down to our 16, I should have called timeout there. That was the one I missed. It was, you know, it was totally my fault there. I had too much thought into what I was going to call next on defense, and I missed it. All the- and I don't want to say that I told you so about him worrying about defense and being a defensive guy interrupting him, but I did say this, AJ. Is Vic Fangio a defensive guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was makes, the Bears DC before he went over. It makes even more sense because defensive coordinators don't have to handle game situations. It's always offensive coaches. Okay, do we punt? here uh do we go for it do we take a knee do we do this the offense is much more so driving the action and the defense is reacting to so i think a lot of defensive coaches that become head coaches have no idea what's going on in situational football or in time management because they've never had to deal with it because they're always reacting to the other you agree with that on age i mean obviously it's right what i just said <laughs> Vic fangio just came out and said it but i had to run that back just for, for new listeners and new viewers to know that i do know what i'm talking about a little bit you have to agree i assume AJ. i 100 percent agree with you i think it's a great point that probably does not get talked about enough yeah defensive guys are always reacting okay so the offense timeout okay we're going for it we're doing this and the defense is just like oh they're calling a timeout okay let's go ahead let's do this let's go ahead and react to it and whenever you're doing that and you become a head coach you become the guy and they said that there was multiple people trying to tell them what to do hey can't have too many chefs in the kitchen pile of food never get done Mm-mm. there should be one voice in there and i assume vic's gonna assign somebody and uh tom mcmahon the special teams guy he is somebody who is good with time management because it always affects the special teams, by the way. Well, here's some breaking news. Floyd Mayweather Jr. has signed a contract to fight Logan Paul in an upcoming exhibition match to take place before the end of 2020, says Source. This is classic Floyd Mayweather, by the way. This guy, Floyd Mayweather, he signed an exhibition match in Japan on New Year's Eve, and he went in there and just beat a billionaire's son to death. The guy actually cried in the ring. Floyd Mayweather had an actual boxing match against a man who has never had a professional boxing match before. It made over $150 million in doing so. Floyd Mayweather will now somehow exhibition box against a man who's double his size in Logan Paul, who has been working out, is in great shape. He was a high school wrestler in Ohio, but this is going to be the same story, I'd assume, as every other fight against Floyd Mayweather. You can train all you want. Your cardio will never be able to keep up with him. Your hands will never be as fast as him. You won't be able to hit him. You will lose, but I am pumped to watch Logan Paul in Floyd Mayweather Jr. And by the way, shout out to Logan Paul stepping in the ring of Floyd Mayweather. Shout out to Logan Paul doing these professional boxing matches. You just got to keep your head on his swivel floyd mayweather's hated by everybody but he's the greatest of all time for a reason and i assume this is a great way to get some more money good for him that's what he is he's a businessman a money team and i will watch this and i think people probably hate me for promoting it but i will fucking watch it for sure yeah i'll watch it i mean i don't think logan paul has a chance against floyd you you mentioned it like no one can hit floyd do we have any idea any more details like how many rounds it is what network is on is it on youtube what are we doing so an exhibition whenever we were talking to uh george no, Evander. Evander Holyfield. When we were talking to Evander Holyfield, the exhibition. No, you were, I think it was George Holyfield, right? You yeah, you're taking George Foreman. No. I was taking George Foreman, which, by the way, the grill. incredible grill. Great I grill. mean, 
Yeah. Great. It's supposed to be Hulk Hogan's, by the way. He said no. They give oh, it to George Foreman. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Hulkster. <laughs> he made enough. He made enough. Hulk Hogan's made enough money, uh, but it could have been even, wor- er, even more. Uh, we were talking to him. The exhibition fight was like three rounds, and there's no winner. Because this was whenever he was thinking about getting back in the game. Mike Tyson was thinking about getting back in the game. And they were talking about having these exhibitions. And he was like, it's three rounds or five rounds. And there's no winner. And they got to wear a helmet, the whole thing. So as he was telling us, because we were promoting him getting back into the fight game. And he was like, how he always stays shape. Hey, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready and all this stuff. It was a cool conversation. We're talking about Mike Tyson. Like, hey, Mike Tyson's going to come throw refrigerators at some old folks. And they just line them up like we were pumped about it. And he was like, no, it's going to be an exhibition. So it'll be three, five rounds. We're headgear and there'll be no winner. And it just completely took the entire soul out of the conversation. I was yeah. like, well, that sounds like it's going to suck. I would assume Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul understand good content and that it'll be different than normal exhibitions, and I would assume they can make their own rules. But the, the exhibitions of the past, there's like no winner, you have to wear headgear, you have to do all this. I hope they change that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be the case. And right now, the Tyson-Roy uh, Jones Jr. fight is still on, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Can't be moved, can't be moved, can't be done, we hot. When we'll learn. learn. It's a song, dude. I don't know. That's Roy yeah, Jones Jr. He's a rapper. Oh, I, really? I know he's, he has, like, Jeez. Russian citizenship. The dude's, a, he was awesome. I used to watch him all the time. Oh, that guy's talking yeah, like guy. in New York. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I thought there was a human just whispering in my brain right there. I was like, am I losing my shit right now? <laughs> he was serious XM back there in the corner. Um, AJ. Appreciate you, brother. We'll see you manana. Tomorrow, we got guests that people are going to be mind-blown by. Tomorrow's guests are big, big, big Uh guests. Good tease. Don't don't let everybody know. Keep them keep them on the hook. Yeah, because we won't let other people know because we know for sure. Yeah, it's massive. Oh yeah, couldn't guess. We looked at our guest list and we're like, geez, that show, Thursday's going to be huge. Thursday. Are you? Everybody's talking Tuesday with Aaron and all that stuff and NFC Defensive Player of the Week on Wednesday and it's like, well, wait till you fucking see Thursday's yeah. line. Uh, blown away. Blown away. Surprised. I can't wait. You got you, you teased me. I can't wait. I'll be coming back. <laughs> we have no idea who's on the show tomorrow, but it'll be a good show. We can't wait to see you. Uh, remember, if you're a McAfee Mafia member, please utilize that discount code, which basically gives you your money back that you paid to become a McAfee Mafia member. Uh, we are building a studio currently that's going to be done next week, I believe, at my house for more content. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait to give exclusive offers, exclusive content, great emotes, everything you could potentially think for the McAfee Mafia members. We appreciate the hell out of you. For myself, the stogie smoking legend, AJ Hawk, in all all the boys have the best Wednesday you've ever had in your entire life. We'll see you manana. Cheers. All right. That's the show. Not a bad little Wednesday. We don't normally do shows on Wednesdays. So uh, I'm pumped that you potentially fit us into your listening rotation. I know that you have a lot of other things that you could potentially let penetrate your ears on this beautiful middle of the weekday. But the fact that you allowed us to do so, we are very, very, very grateful. Big thanks to General Bob Carpenter for all the work he did on the front lines for the Big Ten Conference football coming back this fall. Shout out to Ike Taylor and the Gee Rods with the workout. Love that man. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Uh, we'll be back. Mignana. Gumpy, please play some independent music. With this feeling I can leave I'm working and I'm here Will you dare to give it all up And by my side Do you see
See the sun goes down, driving lights in hearts, counting trees around. This is our day.